It is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation, and I am Aaron Smith, joined, as always, by my two compadres, uh, the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall, and one of the, the, the one half of the Bearcat Brunch, Jeff Howell. What's up, guys? What's you going on? It. You made, made it right it. Right, right as we were doing intros. Well done. Uh, I try to be right on time. Punctual, if anything. Yeah, something like that. Fair enough. I like this whole get up you got going on, Aaron. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's a new jacket. I got it for Christmas. Is that one of the starter ones? No, it's just a it's just a oh. zip up. It's, it's, I don't know. It's not starter. Is that okay. a beanie on top of a hat, or is that like a beanie hat with a bill? No, it's like one of Oh, Aaron's very well known for beanie hats. Nope, just a beanie hat. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> One of the little little short bills. Solid. All right. Uh, what we got on deck today? How, how, how's your <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been? It's been very long, and. Some things we can get into in the after show. Fair enough. Oh, jeez. Ed? Oh, um. Yes, he, he does love beanie hats. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been great. I mean, I spent all afternoon trying to find a generator. Finally found one. Now I just got to put it together. You have to put it together. We got to put the wheels on it and shit. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. yeah. The Fair. handles. Yeah. Is that a Kara shirt? Oh yeah, Karis three sixteen. Sorry, Aaron, you have to get, take care of that for a second. Is that a shirt that's available, or is that an Ed Mayhall uh, one off? No, since he shirts had it, I was in there uh, getting something for uh, parents oh. for whatever. We can skip over talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> nice to talk to you too, bud. Well, because Bearcat Journal sponsored by another T-shirt. <laughs> I yeah. know, but you asked me where I got it. No, I just asked if it was a one-off special. Could have been, I guess. Um, I think I think everybody in the house is getting sick here, so that's super fun right before Christmas. So, Ugh. yeah, Parker started coughing today, so we'll see what happens there. Excellent, not good. Um, well, we got plenty to get to before we get to the Bengals here, uh, which is probably going to be my favorite thing to talk about this week, but. Uh, yeah, we got the uh, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl that we need to get into so we can get out of it and move on. Do we but, have uh, to talk about that? Ugh. How long do we have to talk about it? Can we, can we direct? Right. Can we direct them to Sunday morning? Right, we can we can talk about this quickly and then we can move on to some roster stuff and stuff <laughs> stuff if you'd rather. But right. God, um, are we? Just skip it, UCF super fans. <laughs> he doesn't want to relive it. I'm either. It was. Uh, I feel like I had to spend four hours of my life that I can never get back watching it, though. So I'll, I'll give it its its due. Uh, so Cincinnati drops the Wasabi Fenway Bowl twenty four seven to the Louisville Cardinals. The keg of empty uh, was on the line um, because <laughs> there are not really any nails in it, which seems like a waste of everyone's time. Um, I don't. I don't know why they would not actually put nails in it. Um, because somebody would be shaking it, and they'd just start coming out of it somewhere. And Ed, I, I, I think your paperweight weighs more 
than what the actual keg of nails weighs. I they were throwing it right over their heads, weren't they? I, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it's probably pretty super light, made out of styrofoam, possibly. Well, it's maybe sitting on it. So, uh, <laughs> UCF fan says, "I was the idiot that kept watching, thinking they'll figure out a way to pull it out." Yeah, they never had a shot. Yeah, I did uh, tweet at halftime. Is does he might know if Kenyon's in in Boston right now? <laughs> I don't know how much that would help. I think they needed a lot more than that. Yeah, but. It was uh, it was dreadful. It was dreadful to watch. Uh, Prater was was not good. Yeah. Uh, the offense was not good. The offensive line was not good. Um, the defense I mean, was not good. Well, so uh. we say that, but like I mean, they there was only a couple plays. They were key plays, but there was only like a couple times where they were like really really bad. Right. I mean, that's any football game, though, right? Like, <laughs> like any 40, football, like the ones like a forty-nine yard. I mean, that that was kind of the. I think that right there was like the, the 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 nail in the coffin early on with you know they get the ball right there at like the forty-nine yard line and just rip off, rip off a touchdown run. You're like, was anybody even playing defense on that side of the field? No, I don't think so. No. Jeff, so. what was what was your uh, your if you had to find any silver linings, what silver linings did you find in this game? Silver linings. Um, uh, uh, they they were all there for each other. They scored seven. I mean, Every, everyone was on the same same sideline. <laughs> yeah, and there was no fights uh, that we saw. I mean, I guess there were some tweets that there was like you know, like the the smack talk going on, whatever. Like, sure, that's gonna happen. I put nothing into that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's hard to like find anything. You you get on the, like Ivan Pace. You know, sixteen tackles, seven solo, a sack, and tackle for loss. Like, like there you go. Like there's your, you know, your guy. Um, and I don't want to even like, like Dave and I kind of talked about it on Sunday. Like, I don't even want to say anything truly negative about him. I mean, you got to think like, regardless, these are. You know, 18, 19, 20, in some case, like 40-year-old guys that are back on their ninth year or whatever. But, like, they're college football players. They had their world rocked not more than two weeks ago. Granted, both sides. Louisville a little closer to game time. Uh, So they both went through that. But, you know, UC had, like, nobody on offense left uh, outside of, you know, what, Corey Kiner. I mean, I guess they had a couple running backs, but... You know, without an offensive line to, to really move anybody because they were moving no one. Ethan um, Wright, Ethan Wright had a decent game. The the Louisville defense uh, was up front as advertised. I mean, they you know, tackles for loss, sacks. They get after the quarterback. They cause mayhem. And when you have a quarterback who's in his second start of his entire career, and he doesn't really have, there was no like safety blanket. Like, you know, there was no Josh Wiley to dump the ball off to. There was no Lenny Taylor right there. Not that they used their tight ends much all year anyway, uh, but there was nothing like that to, to kind of kick the ball out to. And, and he was you know, running for his life a lot and not doing it very well. Um, so I don't know that you find any true silver lining for, like, going forward. Like, it, it's a scrimmage. It's a glorified scrimmage Pretty much. at this point. I mean, all, yeah. all these bowl games are. You got kids opting out. I think I read today there's like 1,500 kids in the portal right now. Um, you know, like if you're not playing for a playoff, if you're not in a playoff spot, 
I mean, even in the, some of those teams, you got guys that are often out. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, for I guess like for me, it was the silver linings. As as uh, Eric points out in the chat here, uh, the kick returning was good. Drew Donnelly actually looked mm. like. Uh, mm. I'm glad. A, I'm glad he brings that up. A good returner. Um, that that didn't fall off with uh, the with all the receivers not playing. I lied because he had five. He had five. Uh, what five returns for 119 yards? Because um, he had a lot. Of, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks, Eric. I was so blinded by my my uh, disgust from this game that I forgot about Drew Donnelly. He's my guy, so that's on me. And Ethan Wright, I mean, he had five carries for 43 yards, 5.4 per. Eight. Eight carries. carries, I'm sorry. Eight carries for 43 yards, 5.4 per. Goodness. Um, but Prater just looked uncomfortable. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, he, I, I don't know, obviously, I when you, you don't, when, when like you're, he just, good. you're, you're running, you're running fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh string receivers out there. You, you have third and fourth string tight ends out there. Um, you have, I, I just, I said this earlier, and and I know Chad didn't didn't like it, but I didn't feel like they looked like they even wanted to play. I, so that's what I was going to bring up. Like from the beginning, it didn't even. I don't know if it was eleven because of the eleven o'clock start or whatever, but it just I saw no energy at all. Like, and there didn't even feel like those energy coming from the stands. Like, well, there was nobody it, in the stands for one. That was the other part, right? There was nobody in the stands. I felt no energy. It just it felt like a. Spring scrimmage game. Yeah, uh, that's. What, I mean, it's a glorified scrimmage. Um, and, and like, I don't want to like. I don't want. Yeah, I don't like, want to see the like, players put here, like, in, but like bash them or anything. I, I don't know that it had anything to do with like not wanting to be there. I just think uh, like uh, John actually brings it up. I guess Chad was talking about there being a, a talent gap. Um, I don't know. I, I think the ceiling of the guys that were out there for UC was what it was. And, and Louisville was able to take advantage of the fact that they knew that they were, they were very thin on offense. Uh, they didn't have a strong offensive line. Louisville has hung their hat on causing havoc in the backfield uh, for the majority of their year. And, yeah. and at the expense of giving up big plays and UC didn't have anybody available to make big plays. UCF so, Superfan says, to be fair, he had 0.2 seconds to get rid of it at times. Uh, he didn't look comfortable the week before either. Yeah. No. And maybe or that's they, some, not, not the week before, the game before, however long, yeah. two, three weeks ago, whatever. I it mean, was may, maybe that's something that, that, that develops, but also he's been there, what, three years, four years now? He's not a true freshman. He's not a redshirt freshman. I guess technically he's a redshirt freshman, but yeah, he's been there for a while. I mean, I I saw that as well. Uh, UCF super fan. He, he's saying that uh, some Louisville fans were out there saying that UC players were telling U of L players they didn't want Satterfield as their coach. Uh, I I kind of find that a little bit hard to believe, as there really wasn't a whole. I mean, there were some guys that entered the portal, maybe like. I guess there's probably what like ten of them in the portal now or something, five, six of them, something like that in the portal. But 
Yeah, it was Caleb Chandler who tweeted that, and I I don't I don't know how much I take in. I mean, you've still got dudes that are yeah. you had dudes that that stayed. You've got seniors who are committed to playing in like in some senior games. The only the only, play, play, yeah. the only player who's right now left that played in that game is Will Pauling. That's here's that's the thing. It. These got like these UC players have maybe met Satterfield twice for a total of like yeah. eight minutes, yeah. and 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 they know they hate him because of that, and they're they're telling the Louisville players. We hate Scott Satterfield. Get the fuck out of here. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> that was my point, and Chad came in and made it very eloquently. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, like I said it on Sunday, like, you're really not going to take a lot out of this. You know, I give a lot of credit to the dudes that decided that they were going to stick around after, I mean, you got a coach that leaves. I mean, that's the perfect time, right? Your co- The coach leaves. That's a perfect time for you to be like, you know, you're not in a conference championship game. You're not looking at going to NY6. You're not looking at going to uh, the playoff. Perfect time for dudes to pack it in and be like, I'm hitting the portal. I'm going to the NFL, whatever. You know, those are kind of the two options. Uh, or I'm ending my career. Like, you know, I, I don't see the NFL as an option, and I'm not going to, you know, put my health on the line. I'm in good shape. I'm not going to put my health on the line for one more game. It doesn't mean anything, whatever, but – you had a group of dudes that stuck it out. Regardless, obviously it didn't end the way they wanted it to end, but they got one more game with their boys in college. And for some of them, that's the last time that they're going to play. They're not going to get a chance in the CFL or the NFL or, or wherever. They're going to go on and do whatever professional career that they move into after college. And so for that, you know, give those guys all the credit in the world coming back and, and and trying to give it one more go and, and get another win obviously we didn't get to 10 wins and, and that kind of sucks but it is what it is it's time to move forward into uh you know what signing day starts tomorrow uh signing days tomorrow or starts tomorrow you start signing tomorrow uh, so we'll see which I was, guys i was the first person to report well pauling was in the transfer portal kathy and uh, we're aware so that was, I mean, that was the point of me bringing up Will Pauling's name, though. Is is Kathy says here, Will <laughs> Pauling is in the transfer portal, um, but like I said, he's he's the only one who has entered the transfer portal since the bowl game that could have been saying we hate Scott Satterfield, we don't want him to be our co-. like. You can do something about it. You can leave. So I don't know. Uh, also, and they kept bringing this up during the game. Their defensive coordinator. Did he really look like Triple H? Because I really don't feel no. like he did. No, he not at all. Nothing like Triple like, H. <laughs> he didn't look like him at all. Not that, at was all. A, that was a weird thing that I don't even know why. And that then was for even. Triple H to retweet it, like I couldn't tell if I was looking in the mirror or not. Like, I think he was making a joke. But... That was that was the joke went over your head. Oh, okay. So well, that's on me then. But no, so, he did not look like Triple H. Right, and we got what Dorian Jones. I guess that was on the twelfth. Uh, he, maybe. he committed today. Today. He entered the portal on the 12th. Got it. He committed to Cincinnati today. Uh, he is a linebacker from Louisville. Um, Scott Satterfield's first recruit, I believe, Chad said. Or, uh, But he uh, – 13, 13 games first last Louisville, year. First Louisville recruit. It was, right. it was the first guy that committed to him when he went to Louisville. From Louisville. 
uh, 13 games last season, 20 tackles, well, 34 tackles, 20 solo, uh, six and a half for a loss, three sacks, two fumble recoveries, a forced fumble. Um, obviously, when you have Will Huber leaving, you have Ty Van Fossen leaving, you potentially have Ivan, Ivan Pace leaving as well. Um, I, I know that there's still a door open there if he wants to come back. Um, yeah, I, I, you have to start reloading, and it's good to get guys that you're comfortable with. Um, Chad and I touched on this during the uh, nightcap tonight, but you bring a guy like this in, and you have a guy who has been around your culture as long as he's been in college. And I think that's where you have to start. You have to start bringing in leaders uh, that understand what is the Scott Satterfield culture, because it's not necessarily going to be the same as what Luke Fickle's culture was. And so you have to start meshing the existing culture with where you want the culture to go. And I think that this is a good start. I agree with that. The other, the other, uh, the other guy I think he, did he commit today or yesterday? Uh, Trevor, and I'm never going to say his name right. Uh, Radisevich. I guess he came from Penn into your offensive lineman. Yes. Uh, Six, I four, they believe two, he's going to be center. Is what center? Everybody, everybody believes that he's going to end up being here as a center. Uh, Radosevich, I believe. Radosevich. And, and that's, Radosevich. That, that, go, that goes towards kind of what uh, Dave and I have discussed over the last few weeks. So, like, you see needing to go out and get some dudes that are, you know, have, have already, have tape in college, have, you know, not, not a bunch of freshman linemen, uh, even though they could come in you know, as, as big dudes, like this is a big dude that has played and he's got an awesome mustache. Of course, that's what you like. <laughs> he's 6'4", um, That's a big boy but, right there. But it's also good to see them. We know that offensive line has been an Achilles heel this season and to see them make offensive linemen the first two moves in the transfer portal before bringing in Dorian Jones today. Um, mm-hmm. I like seeing the action on the offensive line and hope that that continues um, along as I think there's still going to be plenty of holes to fill um, oh, as, as this portal uh, continues past signing day and what have you. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what moves are made tomorrow on signing day. If, if the class grows from nine uh, where it currently sits at uh, number eight in the, uh, in the AAC which I don't even know where that would rank in the uh, – I can find out um, where that would rank in the Big 12. But uh, 82 overall. We, we we didn't used to be 82 overall. No, we were uh, <laughs> a lot higher than that. Uh, yep. But, yeah, um, Matt Landry. We do need a, a, lot of, of, a lot of wide receiver help, especially Will Pauling leaving as the only slot receiver on the roster, really. Um, that's a curious move. When it was all of you, all the reps were yours. So I don't, I don't know. Not Drew Donnelly's a wide, Drew Donnelly's a wider. He was recruited as a wide receiver. He's got. I mean, he he is another four two nine guy. Not a slot guy though. No, no, no. I'm just. I know you speed. You were enamored. Receiver. You were enamored with Drew Donnelly. You have been. Well, since his, he, yes, I was very excited fun. that he came. That he's coming here, and he's very fast. And his um, mom follows me on Twitter. Shout out. <laughs> what a weirdo you are. 
That was kind of a weird shout out, but I'm here. For Are you drinking wine tonight? I am. Good. Nice Merlot. Doing a show. Strange. The nice we're, Merlot. We're gonna we're gonna have to have a discussion about that too now, Aaron. Way to go. Mark that one down. Call me Brent. That's fine. End up in Wisconsin. What to do? I also would have Love never it. taken Jeff as a wine guy, John. This is this is a first. So why do Aaron drinks wine? I haven't drank wine in a while. You used to drink that Snoop Dogg like, wine, right? I've, I've not since not since uh, we did the live show. <laughs> I did huh. I did two bottles of Snoop Dogg wine in one night, and that was all bad. Um. <laughs> Jeff says his mom follows me, then sips his wine. Do we have anything else to add to the Wasabi Fenway Bowl conversation? The obviously we want to see an OC, whatever whoever the OC ends up being coming here. Um, Strength I coach. Did they hire one of those yet? That hasn't missed? been hasn't been uh, uh, hiring of a strength coach yet. Hold on, I'll check out um. Do we uh, chart? But uh, yeah, still some hirings, still some bowl games to be played. So uh, we we will not see what happens for a little while. But ECF super fan. Hopefully, we hire Lou Ferrigno. How close is what? How is this going off the rails already? We're twenty one minutes know. in. I don't know. Uh, going track, Aaron. You got the wine out. It's already happening. Yeah, he's not wrong. Hmm. Jeff, why no how? Not even in the least. Just tastes good. All right, let's talk some Cincinnati hoops. Since the last time we chatted. What's that noise? That's me doing the blow up so Steven's dog would wake up. Uh, Cincinnati wins over Miami since the last time we talked, 103 76, and LaSalle 78 60. Uh, Ed, I know you have lived and died Cincinnati hoops your whole life. What have you seen in these improved victories by margins of? I mean, the first time they hit the century mark against Miami in the uh, the throwback Cats unis. Uh, what was it, 27? Ordered one of those, by the way. Yeah, 27 points there, and then 16 points against LaSalle. Um, how are you feeling right now about the Hoops team? Uh, really, really feeling good about DeJulius, Nollies, and um, Nolly, sorry. If he, says it, it's gonna get stuck in my head. if he, he says it, Kevin it's gonna get Johnson. stuck in my head. If he says it, it gets stuck in my head. Landers, uh, Nollies, Landers, Nollies, Landers, Landers, Nollies, 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 Nollies. Yeah, all of them guys. And Victor Lockton. Um, it's nice to have a big guy down below again. Did you, did you locked in on purpose or did you mean lock in? No, I, I've always been saying locked in. All right. Just wanted I've, to make Remember sure. the tweets? You might say that he's locked in. All right. All right. Um, it's nice to have that big guy down below that we can count on uh, for those putback rebounds, just to just to dump the ball down to below and, and get that that shot. Um, I'm really enjoying that again. Um, I don't know, they, they, the Miami game kind of made me nervous, you know, with the whole uh, contract 
extension. Like that's all we needed, right? Was him to get a contract extension and then come out and the not lose beat to Travis Miami. Steele. Yeah, lose to Travis Steele of all people again. Um, so you know, it, it was a great game. I thought both sides of the court. Um, nice seeing Sage get in there and, and play a little bit again. Um, you got to see Kalu a little bit at the end, um, and then quickly Kalu went back to the bench. Um, what Josh did you Ray. think? What did you think in that Miami game of Miami's forward Anderson Marambo? I couldn't tell you if I remembered that guy at all. He was a guy who came to Miami at 390 pounds. Oh, I do remember that guy now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I he I feel like it gave me uh, faith that I could possibly still make a basketball team. <laughs> uh, if you remember, we kind of talked to those guys at the um, Cincinnati Warriors, remember? And they said they'd give me yeah. a contract. Actually, I think they said they'd give me a security T-shirt. Um, yeah, they didn't say they'd give you a contract. Yeah, they, they definitely said a security he's, T-shirt. He's listed at 305. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a dude. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a big old dude. That's a dude. Um, that's like two Micah Adams Woods put together. Um, but I mean, yeah, Miami game was great. You could tell at halftime of that game that I mean, anybody who watched the halftime uh, interview with with Wes could tell that he wasn't happy with something. And so he went back in the locker room, yelled at him for something. It was probably defense. There was a couple of times they didn't get back on defense. Um, everybody who said he was sick, I don't, I don't think that was it. But um, I also don't think that was it. I also think there was stress on him to win that game after getting that contract extension. Sure. So <laughs> that was just probably part of it. Raise well, expectations but. when you double your contract or double your, your salary. Yeah. And I will say... Um, you know, for the lower bowl guys, I think I saw about three or four guys actually celebrating uh, during <laughs> during that game. So I made note of that in my notes as well. Um, other than that, man, I th- just thought it was a great game, and it was it was good to have that win. First, is it is that our first triple digit win? I know it's our first one against Miami since whatever you said before, but it's our first triple digit game in a couple seasons, right? Um, wasn't a triple digit win. That would mean that you won by over a hundred. Sorry, triple digit score. Um. It was definitely the first one of this season anyway. I didn't go yeah, back to check this last season. We got close earlier this year with like 90-something. Yes. But, um, yeah, it was good, good to see him Good to see him hit, hit that mark. Um, and then in the in the LaSalle game, I don't know. I mean, you, you saw it, – it was, that was a, a weird I – was, I was out of the flow in, as far as sports go after having watched the Fenway Bowl. I'm just – I, I joked about it last night. I had like a, a sports hangover after watching the horrendous Fenway Bowl and then having to yeah. watch the basketball game. Um, but you watched both yourself as well. So what you have, you finished five guys in double digits. Yeah. But it just never really felt like they were going to like put their foot all the way on the gas in this game. They, yeah, they, and continued, I didn't know if that, they continued to let LaSalle back in a little bit here and there. Yeah, and I didn't know if that had anything to do with there was a very it, it, at least it seemed like on TV a very sparse crowd um, in that game. I think people were probably still out at the bars watching, well, maybe drinking at that point. Their woes away from the wasabi bowl. Um, well, it's, but it's also Christmas break, so you're Christmas not breaks, have students fans. there. Um, yeah, it just didn't feel like a lot of energy in that game either. Um, 
but you did say, you know, five guys in double digits, which is nice to see. Again, Landers Nolly, uh, David DeJulius, Victor Lockton was 17. Um, Daniel Skilling stepping up. Uh, I, I understand the phantom technical call at, at one point, but uh, Daniel Skilling st- stepping up, getting six. Um, I think we're starting to see him emerge from his cocoon a little bit, which will be really nice to see going into conference play. John said UC was minus 14 and we covered. Oh, so fair enough. I mean, that's fire. Um, You got to see, no, did Exip? Yeah, he played like four. He played a little bit in that game too, but again, sat on the bench. Um, Hensley, three minutes. Hensley had some nice blocks at some point. I thought he hustled pretty well in that game, which I was excited about. You know, I like the hustle. Um, So, I mean, Good he game. Finished, he finished with one block. Did he have one block? That's what he's listed at, at least on he had, ESPN. He was another hustle play, like out of bounds or something that I'm that I'm thinking of. Um, or maybe it was. How many blocks did he have in the Miami game? Is that two? Um, let me check. You're thinking of Skillings. He had like three blocks. Okay. Yeah, he had he had a couple like the guys kept trying to take jump shots over him in the like mid range, right at about 15 feet, and Dan just kept like. Quit trying that shit on that's me. That's it. Yep, that's it. Because that was when the phantom technical call came out. Hensley had blocks in one block in each game for whatever that's okay. worth. All right. No, no. He, Chad's right. It was his skillings because I remember in my head now that the phantom technical came after that. Um, but another good game. I mean, who do we have next on the schedule? We're we're starting to get into league play pretty soon, right? Detroit Mercy. Okay. All right. That's another. Hopefully. Cincinnati is favored uh, 83.2% on uh, according to ESPN analytics and the the spread is listed on ESPN at minus 13 on their horizon league. So we know how we did against the horizon league already this year. Uh, we're one and one against them. Oh no. Yeah. One and one against them. Yeah. Cleveland state. Um, and NKU. Yeah, Cleveland state and NKU. Detroit mercy, huh? Are they going to make it down here for, for, with all that snow? Tomorrow, I guess. How much snow is expected in Cincy? Not a lot in Cincy, but I heard um, I think most of it's supposed to be focused North. up there in the Michigan area. North? All right. Yeah. They may not make it home, but they can enjoy Christmas here, I guess. Um, and then we get into Tulane, Temple, Wichita, so that's when we start the league play. I haven't really looked at their scores, you know, their, their records yet. Um, Houston, Sitting at number three, that's not going to be fun. No, um, UCF super fan says we're going to need to score 140 to beat Houston. <laughs> probably going to need to score a little bit more than 140. You're correct. That that's probably we're going to need a triple digit win in that one. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. What? I hopefully they're on the right traject trajectory. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, hopefully they're on the right tra- trajectory. I can't say it twice. I'm not going to know why I tried. Um, and that'll hopefully, you know, build up some confidence, build up some, some energy going into the, to the league play. I, I expect Victor will still continue his upward, um, trend. I expect Nolly will start his upward or continue his upward trend. Um, how fun has it been to watch Vic just through his like progression this season? We haven't had a guy that has developed like right in front of our eyes like this. 
from a guy who at the who played the first game because of how much hustle he put in, like that was the reason why he got the start, right? The, at least that we were told by Wes Miller, because of how much hustle he put in during the during the season you, or during the off season, all the practices, all that kind of stuff, and he took that chance and ran with it. You got to love that. Yeah, he's, he's certainly emerged as a leader on this team, uh, both through what he does, and you can just see emotionally he's out there as much as anybody, if not more than everybody. Yeah. Uh, so that's been just a lot of fun to watch. Um, you you mentioned Wes Miller's contract extension. The details came out on that today. Um, I get to read that yet. So then I'll have to find the actual details on that. Um, but I, I have seen some people overreacting in regards to his contract. Well, I, think, I think they explained it pretty well uh, during the Miami game. Uh, you know, you got to, you got to, if you're a coach playing in the Big 12, you want to get paid what a coach playing in the Big 12 gets gets paid. Um, and, and while the players may not look at it, I think definitely players, uh, the recruits, parents will look at it as, or even recruits or, you know, recruiters from other schools will be like, uh, do you really want to go to that team? Their coach isn't even getting, isn't even getting paid what, you know, the, the, the lowest guy in our league makes. He'll probably skip soon. So I think, you know, there were some reasons on why that had to be done. It's, I mean, we know that it was extended through the 28-29 season um, where it tops out at 3.4. Right now it's going to be, um, as of January 1, moving up to 2.5. Um, then 2.55 in April, 2.6. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2.55 in April, April 1st of, of 23, 2.6, April 1st of 24, 3.1, April of 25, 3.2, April of 26, 3.3, April of 27, 3.4 of April 28. As for buyouts, uh, if he is terminated, terminated by the university uh, before March 31, 23, uh, it's $18.15 million before... March 31, 24, it's 15.6 million. Uh, 25, March of 25, it's 13 million. March of 26, 9.9. March of 27, 4.69. March of 28, 1 million. And March of 29, 500,000. Now, if he is bought out to leave UC, if he's bought out to leave UC uh, before March 31 of 23, 24, and 25, it's 10 million every one of those three years. Uh, in 26, it's 5 million, 27, 2.5 million, 28, 500,000, and 29, there is no buyout. So that answers your question, John White, in the chat. Uh, <laughs> Man, West being single with no wife and kids, he is the highest paid coach in the NCAA. Sure. Don't have to share it with anybody. Don't have to share it with a single person. So clearly, John Cunningham has tied himself to Wes Miller. Yeah, he recruited him. That was his first. That was you know, that was his first. Uh, was his first coaching signing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got to stand by your first one, right? Especially when you're maybe criticized a little bit by your second one. 
I'm, Satterfield has been here for like a week. You can't criticize him. Well, I'm there's, not saying I'm criticizing, but other fans are criticizing. There's him. nothing to criticize him for. He hasn't even done anything. He's still putting together a staff. He's still That's, putting together a. There's nothing to be criticized yet. What are you I'm gonna, in the same boat as you on that one, but you know that, how, that's just bananas to me that people are even like, what are you going to criticize? Like, well, he's only gotten two interior offensive linemen and a linebacker so far. Okay. Do you want to get? There's some people that don't have anybody from the transfer portal yet. It, he lost a couple of these guys. Okay. Well, that's what happens when your recruiting coach follows the head coach that used to be here. Louisville didn't have that problem. They still have their recruiting coach. Yep. So. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you can criticize Satterfield yet. If, you, if you're if you going to criticize Satterfield already, it's because you just don't like him. <laughs> and I mean, history shows guys with the last name of Satterfield do pretty well here in Cincinnati. Are you just referring to Kenny? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's history and it shows it. I hate you. Like, don't hate me. <laughs> throwing, I'm just throwing facts out there. Um, are you surprised though to see that the first three years, if he goes anywhere, that the buyout is ten million dollars? So essentially, good luck buying him out in those yeah. first three years. What was uh, Fickle's buyout? Although he was well, I mean, he just resigned. That's, that's a whole different sport. I know it is, but one of these things is not like the other. All right then. I mean, yeah. I mean, we. If Carolina ever opens up again, you got to make sure you get that money back. I just don't see North Carolina buying out anybody at $10 million just to buy him out and then have to give him a con. I mean, you're only paying the guy $3 million a year. You're going to buy, you're, you're as North Carolina, you're going to buy him out at $10 million. I mean, they just, they just made the finals. We've seen crazier things happen. I mean, look, the Browns have Deshaun Watson. I don't understand you. But it's a it's a very good comparison. This passive aggressive podcasting is it's something that who's I, I'm, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it, but the internet's saying that Wes Miller is understood. I'm not saying it, but I'm just saying I defend like, Wes Miller at all your times. Fucking chest, Ed. Yeah. You got to say, <laughs> say it defend, with your chest, Ed. Say it. I'm always defending Wes Miller. Constantly. I just defend him against You're the crosshound shooter. You're aggressively attacking him and then defending no, him. No, not me. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. Um, all in all, though, I, I, I like the extension of, of Wes Miller. I, I think it was important that they got that done. And I don't know. I, it just... It creates longevity with the program. It creates stability. St stability, and it's going to give him an opportunity to bring in his guys, build a culture, and really see what West Miller is all about. I'm here for it. I'm all here. I don't care what Chad says. I'm all here for the West Miller era. I, I'm here for it for the next 15 years. Sign him for the next 15 years. I'm here for it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I don't have his autograph yet. I should. I, I need to get his autograph. Chad, if you're looking for a Christmas present for me, there you go. You know my favorite tweet, Ed, is the response with the piss off, like in the windows on the building. 
Yeah, on the skyscraper with the yeah. That one. Okay, so gotcha. All right. Uh, Keith asks, with the with the at-large bid basically over, do you think we'll see more and more of the young guys moving forward? Why are you being silent? I'm just asking you. I mean, sure, probably. You're, you're on mute. The, you're mute, Chad. I think you'll see Wes continue to play the players he thinks give him the best chance to win. If that continuously includes younger players, Josh Reed and Dan Skillings, then then it continuously and increasingly includes Dan Skillings and Josh Reed. Because guess what? Those two dudes are really good. Yeah, and if you look at the chart, they're going like this up. So they're not going down; they're going up. Thanks, thanks for the the visual aid of the line chart. Yeah, Um, no, I doesn't like me tonight. What I what I've seen out of what I've seen out of Skillings, what I've seen out of Reed, I, I think it's hard to keep them off the court right now. Like, who's going to be a better? Like, who would you give the extra minutes to over Skillings and Reed? I don't. I can't think of anybody else. You're not going to give it to Zach Pay. You're not going to give it. Correct. Yeah. No, give it to them because they're the future of this team. I haven't seen I, I haven't seen Hensley do enough offensively to give him more minutes no um he does he does spurts in games he has flashes in games but it hasn't been consistent so yeah so i don't know uh i also like super fans saying that he does deserve a million simply because he got a guy named jizzle to come here his name is edgerin james jr which is still impressive i actually have a running joke with the uh with the soccer dads that once uh jizzle does start here at the Bearcats, I'm going to get a jersey that says Jizzle on the back of it. Well, I know where you get your jerseys, so that wouldn't surprise me. I did order that catch jersey. I can't wait for it to get here. Yeah, what number did you end up going with? Number four, Martin. Yeah. You know how many times he wore that jersey? Zero. I know. Right. Look, I know. I understand. I understand that. And and I had a hard... I, yeah, but who else was I going to get? Like they still had, they still had a um, uh, Saunders. They still had Saunders in the list. So, hmm. yeah, that that tells you I had to, who I had to pick from. All right. Um, we could we could see Edron James at games. He was uh he was at a football game this year. UCF super fan. So uh, I would certainly think he'd be there at some point. To I'm pretty sure he has the point. money to catch a flight. He's, he's going to be all right on the uh, travel expenses department. It's a Hall of Famer. Um, Does Edron have any interest in being a, uh, a college football coach? <sighs> oh, Ed. He's a Hall of Famer. No. How would you like to coach at the school where your son goes? Not saying head coach. I'm saying on the staff. This is not passive-aggressive podcasting here. All right. Um John asks, uh, well, he, he says, I hate to say it, but Hensley has a ceiling. I think we're pretty much seeing what he'll be. You think he said his ceiling? Where he's just hustle guy, glue guy, but not actually like doing a ton offensively? Or, or does he still have room to improve? We have a little bit more room to improve. I'd like to be able to see him as a guy who we can count on come off the bench to give you know some guys a, a breath and not, and not lose the lead. I would like to see that. I, I think he could be a nice uh, role player. 
He is pretty tall, so it's very possible he hit the ceiling. Yeah, that's good. Dad joke. Good lord. I don't, Gross. Sh- um, I don't know. I think I think uh I think he still has some room to improve. Yeah. Obviously, if he can put in a couple more off seasons like he did this year, um maybe hit some start hitting some deeper shots and, and have confidence to take the deeper shots as opposed to I feel like he drives all the time, Hensley. All right. Do you disagree? I don't know that a guy like Hensley is who you want taking deep shots, but you want to be able to stretch the floor. That's fair. Bring so, up a good point there. I don't know. You just don't want to be one dimensional where you're just driving. That tell you I'm a basketball coach now. Oh God. Yeah. I, I think you did put it in. Yeah. Assistant yeah. coach Ed over here. K one. We're going to be pressing all the time. Those poor kids. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, we're hoping Jeff makes it back. Uh, apparently, he had a uh, he had a, a kid emergency, so we we are hoping to see him rejoin us at some point. Um, <laughs> Thank you, super fan. We're not getting Edger and James on football staff and Kenyon Martin on basketball staff. I think super fans my fa- one of my favorite guys right now. Why? 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 Like, thank you, T. Gwen. Prime is Hall of Fame coach, and he's coaching football. Aaron. Prime is the exception, not the rule. Why can't he be the beginning? I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying, hey. All too often you see, all too often you see guys from the NBA, from the NFL, try their hand at coaching, and it's just like, oh, I didn't realize this was going to be an all-year thing where I can't take vacation or like do things. Like, we're not all Jeff Saturday. We'll see if that guy sticks around too. Not after not after Saturday. Not after a 33 point just they shat down their leg. But can you work remotely? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Quit pressing the button then. I'm the producer, not you. This is not the other shows. This is this is my show. All right. Um Moving on. In any case, yeah, I think it's time to move on. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 34-23. to This was my favorite game of the weekend uh, by a landslide. I love to see Tom Brady lose. I love to see the Bengals win. And I got to see both happen at the same time, especially, uh, especially after – the hole it felt like the Bengals had dug themselves in the first half. And what yeah. do you think the turning point of the game was? Halftime. You think it was halftime? Yeah. I mean, they scored three going into halftime. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that gives you a little, uh, you know, I guess a little bit of confidence. I mean, at that point it was. 16 See, that drive, three. That drive is where I think was the turning point. Right before halftime. Yeah. And it was quick too. Like it was very well, it was, it was very well put together. Like 
get down the field drive. I mean, it was pass, catch, pass, catch, pass, catch. That was a little, uh, the running back, uh, was it Joe Mixon who caught it? And that last got, one didn't go out got, of bounds. He tried to go up the field. They got the ball with 139 left on the clock, and they scored three that quickly. Yeah. And was, you go in, you go in rather than being down 17 nothing at half, you're down two scores. Uh, Tampa Bay gets the ball back in the what are you giggling about? Uh, Super fan says, thank goodness that Gio still plays for us. <laughs> uh, but you, you go in, you, you get the ball back. Uh, well, Tampa Bay gets the ball at the beginning of the second half. You end up Correct. getting the ball back from them. Oh, you're back. You made it for Bengals talk. We just started. Okay. You're on mute. Um, what, what do you think the turning point was before I get into what happened? Turning point in the football game, the uh, Bengals the only, and the Buccaneers. The only fun game to watch this Bengals, fun game that happened this weekend. Yes. A hundred percent the final drive of the first half. That's what we were saying. Yep. Good. So and we're all that, on the same page. It was kind of an extended turning point. Right? You have you score. Granted, it's only a field goal. Right. Reduces it to what was it seventeen three at that point? Sixteen to three at the point. Correct. Oh, so, 17 to three. Sorry. 17, 17 to three. Right. They, there's no one point. Yeah. I think. Sorry. Well, maybe there know. is. There probably is. Somebody's probably going to correct me. Um, so you get that. And then you come out. Oh, <clears throat> you come out in the, in the start of the second half. The Bucks get the ball. Right. And they, you really haven't been able to stop them too much. And now you get them the turnover on downs. Granted, it, Came on a, a very strange play, but you still you were getting the ball right. You, it was a three and out. You were going to mm-hmm. get a punt. Maybe I guess it could have been a fake. Whatever. It turned out not to work in their favor. And I think that series of events of going into halftime on a hey look we were able to move the ball down the field because two minute Joe is the best Joe there is. Uh, move them down the field. Field goal. Go into halftime. Come back out. Defense is ready to go three and out and then the landslide of only having to play 20 yard football started. Well, let's go back to that real quick. You, you said two minute Joe is the best Joe there is. I mean, he did look so comfortable, so comfortable in that two minute drive. Like he was like, he's been doing that all his life in the NFL. Like obviously he was a really good quarterback in college, but you know, it's like, he's, it's like he does that in his sleep. Two minute Joe is the best Joe. Yeah, I agree. It was great. I, I guess if you had told me that we would end up winning 34 to 23 while ending up with a grand total of 200 and how much, what was the total yardage? 237, 237 yards. 237 compared to 396. I would not have believed you. I mean, no. that's what that's what happens when you start with the ball on the 20 yard line. On every drive. three times, <laughs> because because you're you're you know, trip sacks. And... Okay, so you got what you had the the Giovanni Bernard. Like I don't know if it's a fake punt punt mess. Gio up. doesn't know either. So you got that one. It's his fault. It's you, his fault. Blame it was his fault. Then the there was the the bad exchange uh, where Brady flat out 
let go of the ball before he put it in. Uh, I don't even know who the, the running back was at that point, but he flat out let go of the ball before he, yeah, what the mesh point, whatever you want to call it. That was on Brady. A uh, couple Nick, of interceptions. Nick, thank you. Thank you for the donation. We appreciate it. Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. Oh, no, uh, I'll be done there. He, Nick just says, color, long time listener. We need Hubbard and Hendrickson back for the Bills. I, I agree. We do need Hubbard and Hendrickson back for the Bills. Uh, I, I saw a thing today. Hendrickson was back, at least in a jersey, for like walkthrough stuff. Put him um, in a club. I would assume he could probably get a club. I think Hubbard's probably done until playoffs. The playoffs. I would imagine so. At least from what, what they're kind of putting out there. I mean, it's a calf thing. If it's, it, if it's anything similar to what. Uh, Hurst has gone through. He's been out what four, four weeks now, three weeks, three weeks. Um, I know they said he was also uh, on the back to practice participation train right. uh, today. As was Mike Hilton. As was Cam Taylor Britt. So, what about the fact that Tom Brady was eighty nine and zero after being up at home seventeen nothing. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it was I don't think it was at home. home. I, I think in his home. in his career he he'd been up mm-hmm. seventeen nothing eighty nine times in his career at home. At home, it said at home. That's because the other the other thing was like he was one hundred and fifty nine and three or something like that in his, in his like entire career. Crazy. I mean, he's played like seven thousand games. <laughs> did you did you yeah. did you make anything of the? Short handshake, no, with, with Joe, not at all. I didn't even think there was a handshake. And if you if you watched if you watched it, Joe was like talking to one of his like I guess LSU teammates or something, and like Tom Brady like had like tap him on the shoulder, and he like turned around like, yeah, cool, and then like, he's Tom, I'm Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah, is what it is. I don't know. I don't. I didn't put anything into that. I know people. No, were I, like, I, I don't think there was disrespect. Why is Tom, why I mean, is Tom giving him the dead fish and running into the locker room? Because he just else, got embarrassed. What else? I think do you Bengals fans to do? are really looking for something to be like pissed well, about. Last week, Tom Brady loses for the first time in his career to a kid making his debut in Brock Purdy, who again looked serviceable this week. Um, and then the next week, he comes out. And everybody's like, myself included. I was like, you know, we're getting, we're going to catch, we're catching Tom Brady. Well, yeah, because he made that comment, at, right? He made that after, I'm on to Cincinnati thing after getting his butt kicked. We're getting, you know, we're getting that Tom Brady. Um, and for the better part of you know the first half, it looked like, dang it, <laughs> like it, the I tweeted it out. I said, this is not an ideal start when the division is on. It has been gifted to you on a platter. The division lead well, has been gifted to you. We went to bed Saturday night in first place. Right. And you don't want to give that back. I mean, you no. literally, you started off the, I, mean, I know we're like kind of like rolling backwards here. You start off 0-2, yeah. you start off 0-3 in the division. And now we're, you know, sitting pretty, I think they said like Six a, better, a than, better, better than 99% chance to make the playoffs. Like, it was like a 70% chance to, to or 68% chance to win the division at this point. Um, You've won six games in a row. You're, you're firing on all cylinders. And even with and guys down, I was going to say, and mind you, this is with you know, some of those games. You don't have Jamar. Yeah. You know, so you got like Joe Mixon. You know, 
brought in Trent Irwin and Trent Taylor have been have been stepping up. Yeah. Then, then oh, the you, next the next being up mentality has been huge here. Then you you lose Mixon and P Ryan's like, don't worry about it, I got it. He gets out there. Travion Williams has been contributing, uh, and then you have hey, the game last week. You lose. Hey, you Hurst have, goes down. You got everybody going down. And your entire receiving core looks like the Bearcats receiving core, just like grabbing anybody that like, hey, have you ever caught a football before? All right, why don't you like move on out there, uh, you know, run a slant or something? Like Joe will find your hands with the ball. Just make sure that you turn around. Yeah, basically that's true. So I don't know. It, it's been we're we're not we're not accustomed to this feeling at all. Where not at all. Well, which is why I think people are putting too much into like the handshake stuff. Like we have nothing to complain about right now and be mad about. So let's be mad about this little tiny thing, right? It's you know what I'm mad about? I'm mad that Mitchell Wilcox still hasn't gotten his football back. I'm upset about that as well. Somebody needs I to did, get that back. I to did him. see that he said he uh, made contact with the guy. That's uh, good. And and they're they're negotiating. They're working some things out. So Oh, did he? Yeah, That's good. It, it it's one of those things like a couple years ago, maybe even last year, a little bit at the beginning of the season, even this year at the beginning of the season, you, know, you they go down 17-0, and you're kind of like, you're almost like, man, uh, I don't know about this. Like, this sucks. But I actually, I'm still like, they, they've they got the, you know, they got a shot. They've got the weapons. They've got what they need to do. Like, and Lou Anarumo's a magician. Like, he, he watches a game. Yeah. He like watches the first half and if things aren't going like swimmingly, he's like, All right, I got something for you uh in the second half. Just wait a minute. Like I know I have a piecemeal together defense right now. So like I got Alan George is over here and we just activated him from the practice squad. But you know, we'll we'll make that work and now we're just gonna put all kinds of pressure on Tom Brady. He's gonna have nowhere to go with the ball and we're gonna be able to win. I mean, you have to create like that. That's what sucks. Like Lou Anarumo is probably going to be gone next year. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. I was actually thinking about that today. Like somebody's going to pick him up somewhere, and and I, this this is where the Bengals need to. I mean, they've showed, um, you know, their dedication in the contracts of players. I think this is where we need to show our dedication in the contracts of coaches. I think we need to try to figure a way of keeping that man. Look, if somebody offers him a head coaching well, gig, here's he is the thing, not. Though. Is Aaron frozen? Uh, I think. Oh, oh, go ahead, Aaron. No, you got it, Aaron. I was just gonna say, like, we're in a different situation now than we were when Zach Taylor hired Louie Rumo, right? To where you're not going to be trying to just talk somebody into coming to Cincinnati to play or or to coach here. Like, I think this is to starting or to become, coach here. To, I, I think this is starting to become a destination spot just due to the fact that. They're they're doing things that have never been done in Cincinnati. So I don't yeah. I don't think the that hiring a defensive coordinator is going to be such a tall task as it was when Zach brought in Lou Anarumo. The only problem I see is trying to gel this roster with potentially a different scheme defensive coordinator. I mean that that's always a a crapshoot. Like, are you going to bring somebody yeah. in who is able to like? You, and I think in the NFL, obviously, it's a little bit easier maybe. And maybe now it is in college, too, with the transfer portal and being able to just, like, move people around and be like, okay, well, you're not going to fit into what I got. So, like, 
you know, maybe go find somewhere else to play and we'll grab somebody from the portal that fits my scheme better. Like in the NFL, it, it's a little bit easier, I think, to have somebody come in and A, you know, you've got the best of the best players in the NFL, so maybe they can kind of move more towards another scheme. But if if you need somebody in the NFL, you just got to get them. And, I, and to your point, this isn't a place where now you have to go beg somebody. Right. Like, I'm, we'll pay you twice what you're worth. Just, just come be a Bengal. You know, like, it's not like that anymore. I mean, look at Hayden Hurst. Look at the, like, the, the interviews he's Once had all year where he's like, this is home. Like, this is what I wanted. This BJ Hill said the same thing when he signed his new right. contract. Uh, Mike Hilton has said it repeatedly since he's gotten here. Yeah. Um, Awuzie oh. has said the same thing since he got here. Like, this culture is built differently than we've seen any team built in Cincinnati ever. Well, and Superfan said earlier in the chat, you guys remember Marvin Lewis area era? The idea of halftime adjustment was non-existent. I mean, these are polar opposite teams. Yeah, he's right. But, like, and, like, but now, never now, now, nine minutes later, he's saying, hear me out, Marvin Lewis for defensive coordinator. <laughs> Superfan, no. where you Super at, fan. buddy? It's all over the place. <laughs> You're all over the board. Um, I don't anywhere. know. It's it's encouraging and it's it's a fun time to be a Bengals fan, and I just hope that this this continues. I, right now, you're looking at the only two teams above you in the AFC being Buffalo and Kansas City. Kansas City, you and obviously you have the tiebreaker have, on one of those teams. You have the tiebreaker over Kansas City, and you have the opportunity for a tiebreak over Buffalo to end the season. Although it is in prime time, and that terrifies me. Yeah, hasn't been a start time for that one yet i think it's monday night it is it is a monday night game so oh, earlier start. today still said tbd they'll, they'll probably flex it to you know like four o'clock on a monday afternoon ed <laughs> yeah probably you know that seems about right <laughs> I, I don't know what you guys are talking about UCF Superfan says he's doing his best two-faced Ed impersonation. Right. That's, that's no, I'm all on board for Wes Miller. Uh, oh, we, miss, we, missed a, we missed a couple of things here. Uh, the Velveeta kid, I believe, was Trenton Irwin, uh, did a, a Velveeta commercial when he was growing up, and they right. always like to bring they always like to bring that up that he's like a Hollywood kid. I must have missed uh, that. I don't. What else was it? Oh, he said Lou would be a horrible coach. He should probably just stay. And Nick. <laughs> sarcastically said in before Lugas to Wisconsin as their new defensive coordinator under Luke Fickle. Um, the Bengals have not picked up Curtis Brooks yet. To my knowledge, uh, he was cut by Indy this week because why wouldn't you cut a defensive lineman on your practice squad when your entire roster is in shambles? Seems, seems like what they needed to do, but it was done and uh, we'll see if they end up picking up uh, Curtis Brooks. I think it would be fun to have him back here in Cincinnati, uh, especially with the the decimation of the roster and guys stepping up. Um, we'll see. It's always nice to have somebody that you could uh, go to. And right now the Bengals have at least uh, been able to grab dudes that have been able to come into the impact guys and, for and sure. Come in and, and, and make plays and, and play well, uh, which is you know, you've got to have like that, that's what all like these Super Bowl teams have, right? Like last year we did it by staying healthy all year, yep. and this year we're doing it by like, like luckily 
guys that have gotten hurt, we've been able to just be like, look, heal up all the way. And, you know, we got some dudes that'll carry the torch while you're over there getting ready to go for the, the stretch run. Yeah, for I mean, all a the- few years ago, if AJ uh, Green would have got hurt, we would just called it our season, right? I mean, okay, that's it. We're done. We got that these guys that just... We just got these guys. Are- now, there is one spot. There is one spot on the field where if somebody goes down, you might as well just go ahead and... Well, that is true. Put your clothes I, in. I, I want to say... Um, for all the negativity I had about us not playing the offensive line together at the beginning of the season, uh, they did say during the telecast uh, that this is the uh, no no offensive line in the NFL has played as many games together as our offensive line. Um, so there's something, there's something to be said for that. Um, I don't know if it's because they didn't play any preseason games, but I know that it's it's worked out so that's an interesting stat anything else you guys have on the bengals before we switch gears no i mean if we just go back and look at our sticky note um original sticky note uh this game jeff had a win and ed and aaron had losses uh sticky note 2.0 uh all three of us had wins um so if we look at the stay at sticky point two sticky note 2.0 and we look towards the bills or I'm sorry, the Patriots. Uh, all three of us have a win on that one as well. Bills. Okay, here's where we, you guys can change if you want. Uh, the Bills. Aaron has a win. Uh, Jeff and I have losses. Are we sticking with that? I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride it out. Right, ride out the storm. Yeah, well, I'm not changing nothing. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, and then sticky point. Sticky note. Two point says that. Uh, Ed and Jeff have wins against the Ravens, and Aaron has an L against the Ravens. Not changing nothing? Nope. Not changing nothing. Gotcha. All right. Uh, That brings us to this week's lightning round. And the first topic on the board, Tom Browning, Mr. Perfect, at 62 years old, passes away yesterday. Uh, R.I.P. Tom Browning. Um, what were your guys' initial thoughts on that? Just sucks. I, I, yeah, it sucks. He he's like my my brother in law. That's like his like number one. Like everybody's got their number one like all time face. So like yeah, he my brother in law talks about him like all the time and World Series champion like, in in 1990. Um, he was part of the. Uh, he was part of the Nasty Boys, right? He wasn't one of the three? No, those were all the relievers, wasn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. Charleston. Yeah. Dibble. What was the third? Myers. Nice. Randy Myers. That's, that's the one you always forget. Oh, every time. Every time. <laughs> but what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about Tom Browning? Him sitting in, in the... I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, in Chicago, uh, just not, hanging out with everybody, drinking as, beer. Not his perfect game. No. No. Him being like, yo, I'm going to go up here and go sit with, amongst the fans in full uniform and just, like, hang out. And I was looking it up last night. I believe there's only 28 recorded perfect games ever. Um, and 13 have happened since I was born in 1984. Um, there it is. Look at him just having the time of his life up there. What just chilling. Per- 
What a great picture. Nice, great uniform, by the way. Um, can you imagine if this... Chad and I talked about this last night. Can you imagine if this happened nowadays? Oh, well. You'd be kicked off a team and indefinitely suspended. Be, like, oh, people would they, freak out. I think I, I think they were saying on the radio he was fined $500 for that. $500? It'd be 500000 right now. Freak out if this happened right now. That's why baseball is not as fun as it used to be. You also would have to be concerned for your own player safety. Like, there would be so many variables that just weren't things that you had to. Oh, know. let's be honest. Yeah, if this was if this was now, there'd be a Cubs fan punching him right in the face <laughs> right there. In, in the I back, be of a the drunk head. ass pug Cubs fan like, bam. Yeah. So times times they they are different, but um, we'll miss you, Mister Perfect. That's two weeks in a row we've had uh, a sad start to the lightning round. Well, I mean, that's that's where you had to start, right? No, I, I mean, it is. I'm just saying. It. I I couldn't remember if I had a Tom Browning baseball sign down here, but I do. That's pretty cool. Um, second topic of the night, Mac Jones and the Patriots' epic fail of a game. Yo. To the, the Raiders. The... But Mac Jones in particular, just getting that stiff arm to the face. Just crushed. Somebody somebody tweeted Bailey Zappi wouldn't have let that happen to him. <laughs> uh, uh, certainly, the hefty lefty would have never let that happen to him. Like here's here's the thing, you see, like a, as the the commander of the offense, you see a guy on your team making a horrible decision with the football, and you realize I'm not getting to that. You've got to at least like run into him before you let him just stand like i realize he's a big guy but like you you have to at least run into him try to disrupt like and not no. allow him to just like if if joe had tr- if joe had tried to make that that tackle i'd have been mad i mean we've seen andy dalton break a pinky trying to take to tackle was it wasn't it a pinky that took him out of that game where the playoff game where aj mccarran pinky or thumb or thumb like that thumb maybe it was thumb um but but yeah i, I don't want joe to try and make hey, you're just letting the game you're just you're yes. just letting the game go go so if that's if that that's that's the Bengals against the buccaneers this weekend and that's happening and first place is on the line in the division you're just like nah no no I'm, no i want joe to hit him i'm hoping i'm hoping somebody like dk metcalf hawks him yeah i, I want joe to hit him because i know does, joe, joe I mean, can hit him how how far was that? That was close to midfield that he like got yeah. that right. Yeah, you're telling me there's nobody out there fast enough that can run down a lineman. Didn't happen. All right, next topic. I don't know what this one's about. Have you guys heard about the chiefaholic? Yes. No. And I think this is hysterical. So there's a guy who goes to all Chiefs game. You know, he's one of the super fans, right? And he wears a wolf mask. Well, apparently in Kansas City, there has been a rash of bank robberies with a guy wearing a wolf mask. He has been robbing banks in the same outfit that he goes to games with and that he is popular with to fund his, uh, you know, tailgating his tickets to go to the to the games, traveling, all of it. Yeah, he's been robbing banks wearing the same mask that he has been doing. His did you pull up? Do you pull him up, Ed? Uh, I have a picture of him. Yeah, if you want me to yeah. pull it up. Yeah. 
Um, he his bond has been set for two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, that's a collectible hmm. gurus. There you go. So that yeah. is him at a game. Uh, you know, nice sunglasses, all that good stuff. I don't know if it's in here. Do you have the no. pictures? Of him? You don't have the pictures of him at the bank. I've seen those too, where it's he's wearing the same exact mask, robbing banks. I think you have him on Twitter. Hold on. Well, you look for it. We'll keep talking. Um, That's incredibly stupid. Agreed. Um, but I think that the next topic's Ed, so we'll skip that until he comes back. Terry McLaurin. Did you see this with, with Terry McLaurin? Where uh, he, are you talking about where he checked with the ref? Checked with the ref to make sure, oh, I need to move up. <laughs> oh, okay, I have so I'll that. move up. He moves up. The ref, the ref already had his hand on the flag. On the flag, ready to throw it. The, the entire ending of that game was just an officiating disaster. Players draped on other players in the end zone as calling it defense, like just like, hanging on them. Here. Okay. Wow. That's pretty dumb. <laughs> what an idiot. I mean, it's almost the same hat. Right? There he is. This that, is from oh, the red so, hat. But... So Kyle, uh, Kyle, was it Kyle Ayers on Ayers? Uh, Twitter said, yeah. A lot going on in the world, but everyone take a moment to look up the Chiefs Holic fan who funded his trips to games by robbing banks in the same mask he wore to the games. I've never been prouder to root for the Chiefs. And Thrifty I, Walrus says this dude has robbed banks to watch the Bengals give the Chiefs three L's. That's I, I want to know him doing it. He, he's fallen into a dark a, hole, a, a really dark place. Do you think they talk about this on New Heights this week? No. Probably not. Okay, I'll listen. Through. I'll listen in. So yeah, the Terry McLaurin thing, ridiculous. Like you, that, that's what they tell. I mean, that starts in PB football. Yeah, you're supposed to check, check with the ref. ref. He good? says you're good to go. You're All right, like, cool. cool. I'm good. And then you stay there. If he says no, you're you got to move up. Then you move up. If he says no, you got to move back. You move back. Yeah. You do what he tells you. In in this case, the official said move forward, and then put his hand on his flag and was like, "Got him, coach." And they stabbed it and he threw the flag. He threw the flag before I've the ball. I've never was even, seen anything cra- like that. It's the craziest thing ever. And then, so then what? They move back a little bit and they go to throw. I don't even know who the receiver was on the other side that they went to throw to. It might have been him. They might have moved him to the other side. But the defender was like, there was like some hand fighting, which is, I'm okay with allowing a little hand fighting to go. But then the DB is like, over his, his leg, he's like <laughs> over his shoulders, both arms over him. It, it's like when my kid wants to like, wants, wants like a, a, a ride on my back. back ride. Yeah, jumps up, it, like that's what it looked like. I don't care what level of football this is, what league it is, you can't do that. The only time that something like that is like, gets you know like a pass is on a hail mary, where it's like eighty seven dudes a in, in a right. scrum. Mm-hmm. And there's no way, I mean, yeah, you could throw a flag and say pass interference, but like they don't. It, it's just kind of an understood thing. This is not a Hail Mary. This was a, a legitimate pass out of a legitimate playset, and you just let him no. run through and maul. That him. wasn't that wasn't even the only DPI in that towards the end of that game. It, the whole thing crazy. Ed, what you got on Aaron Judge? This is so funny. do you guys remember the guy who caught Aaron Judge's 62nd home run ball? Uh, yep. And yep. Aaron Judge offered that man three million dollars yep. for that home yep. run ball. Well, he decided to take, and chances. he said, 
And he said no, right? He said no. He said no, I'm not going to take that $3 million. I'm going to take my chances to put this ball in an auction. Well, that auction happened last week or over the weekend, and Gap Ball sold for $1.5 million. Dumb, dumb. Still a good sum of money, but now he's got to pay, pay auction, auction, he's got fees. auction fees and, and then obviously the taxes. So, I mean, you cut, your, pro- with, you what, cut your profit more than in half because if you just sold it outright to someone, you're just paying whatever on the, the money that's coming in and not the, not the auction house fees and, you know, probably whatever you know, fees they paid somewhere to secure the ball before while it was in there. Like dumb, dumb. Now that I think about it, he should have been my bum of the week. That dude. That is my bum of the week. I mean, you could have gone with that one. You could have gone with chiefs of Holic. You could have gone with, I, he was one of them too. Yeah. Could have gone with the, the ref who threw the flag on Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I think, um, are, I think the bum of the week that you have, is a collective one. One one last topic, though, here in the lightning round, unless anybody adds anything else. Uh, this comes courtesy of UCF Superfan, uh, who wanted to know, of the current Bearcats declared, do you think any of them are day one draft worthy? So you're looking at, like, Josh Wiley, you're looking at Lenny T, you're looking at uh, both Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott. Um, I believe there were – couple that trickled in today Hicks, uh, Hicks Javon, Javon Hicks um, James Tunstall yesterday um, and day so, one of the draft is what the first two rounds uh, day one actually day one is only round one one um, round yeah but, but it used to be it used to be the first three rounds so I'm assuming he meant the first three rounds if he's still around and wants to clarify that. I, I don't know that any of them are first round guys. There's, I don't think there's any first round guy. Uh, I don't think that that's. I think uh, I think Wiley could potentially be. I think Wiley. This is not to be mean. There's an equal chance any of the four of us get drafted in the first round. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I think I think Wiley though is is probably the the one that I could see going in the first three rounds. I don't know that even Trey or, or Tyler Scott will go in the first three rounds. I think there's a pretty strong chance I could go in the first in the first three rounds. Trey and Tyler would be interesting if one of them runs like a four two eight or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like then that, there that, are those teams out there that like speed 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 speed. Miami. Right? Yeah, the Raiders always like. There are teams that will say if you run a four two eight four two nine, like we'll find a spot and we want. We're gonna find a spot. Yeah. Other than that, no, I don't think there's anybody. I I could see I could see Wiley in the third. Lenny, uh, the the thing that kills Wiley and and Lenny is like, I mean, they're gonna have to like really really impress at pro day because they just didn't get to put a whole lot out. I mean, it, it, it's true. It's just the, it's the facts of the, the matter. They didn't get to put a lot out there uh, this year. Um, so if they have really great pro days and and maybe... We disagree here, Jeff. Their percentages okay. say they put as much on tape as pretty much every other tight end in, the, in, in college football. Okay, that's fair. They were throwing the ball as much as pretty much everybody else. Okay, they weren't put on tape as much as I wanted them on tape. Correct. We all wanted them to get thrown the ball more. <laughs> I, but in I terms did. of when especially in the red zone fears, third yeah. down red zone, we talked about this all fucking season. Okay. So so right, so their their use their use case 
wasn't as ideal for a tight end, I would say. But what I'm saying is they put as much on tape this year as most every other tight end in the draft. Okay. So they're going to be compared accordingly because they were used about as much as anybody else was used. The problem, I think, for UC was there was two of them. And most every other team only uses one as a primary target. I don't... I, I think that there will be two. I, I think they will both be drafted, um, and I think they will both have. I think Josh will definitely be drafted. Lenny, I'm not as certain on. I, I think I think Lenny goes in, in like probably like the. Either way, they'll both be on teams going into summer camps. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, and then I think the speed, obviously, of, of Trey and Tyler will will get them if, if for whatever. I think they'll both be drafted as well. Um, based solely on on their speed, uh, and their ability to, I mean, they're they're it's good receivers. They run at the combine and at pro day. You think uh, you think Ivan gets drafted, Jeff? He hasn't declared yet, right? Does he even have the chance? He he could potentially come back still, right? Yes. You see, wants him to come back. Can confirm. You see, would love for Ivan to come back. <laughs> um, I I think I think Ivan might fall into uh, and I'm going to steal this from you know from Mike Leach is just that like his I mean his his measurables aren't like so Mike Leach talked about like Wes Welker way back when and said like the the worst thing about the NFL draft is the NFL uh, for Wes Welker because he's not going to hit measurables like I mean he's just not he's not a huge imposing force but he plays like one um, so I, I think he'll, he'll land somewhere and it will be very tough uh, for wherever he lands, for those people to get rid of him. Mike Leach also said the best candy comes from Europe. And Chad's going to disagree with me here, too. No, no, no. I think the oh. concern with Ivan is, like, does he get swallowed up by – because guys are so much bigger in the NFL. Does he get swallowed up by pulling guards and, like – you know, guys that are like guys that are so much more athletic in the NFL than he saw in college do his. In, and, and I think they will. But the question NFL teams will have is I was an, I was an instinct guy. Like he just has the instincts yep. to get past you and find the guy with the ball to scrape and like have like such an ability to understand this is where the ball is going to go. This is where I need to be. Is he met at the point of attack by guys that are just as athletic as him, but they're 6'3", 310 pounds? I, ask yourself, and I know this is a, an extreme case, but if you were grading out, like, do you think Ivan Pace is going to make plays against Jason Kelsey? Throw him at strong safety. Let him get a full head of steam on somebody before he He doesn't him. have the speed to, to play strong safety. And it would be a case where NFL offensive coordinators would be like, Pick this guy, him. this one right Pick here, him. put the slot. We're getting, we're isolating coverage. We've got our slot receiver against Ivan Pace if he played safety. So, like, can Ivan Pace beat the Jason Kelseys of the world? Is what he's going to have to answer in the NFL. And I would pick Jason Kelsey. And I love Ivan Pace. So then what we're all saying here is 
Ivan, just come back. <laughs> All right. Let's do bum of the week. Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum. You are a bum. You're a bum. And that's all you'll ever be. A bum. Oh, that hurts, man. Huh. Go ahead, Ed. It's my bum of the week. Oh, it's all right. I, I put it in there. Fair enough. I think I we all, think agree, we all agree with it, yeah. As member, as quasi Aaron more so than than the rest of us quasi members of, of the media, uh, it does pain me to pick someone in the media. But when you act in the manner that this individual and like the other pitchfork carrying goombas that were with her, uh, Jenna Lane from ESPN decided it was a good idea. To not only a hound Giovanni Bernard after the game, because we all know what happened in the game. There was a, a play called, uh, whether it was supposed to be a fake and he didn't know, or it was a miscommunication somewhere, whatever. Jenna Lane went into the into the Buccaneers locker room and went straight after him. And just continued to hound him as he was like if Pat McAfee brought it up today. He was clearly already uh, showered, uh, changed, yeah. and, and appeared to be heading on his way out. Mm-hmm. So maybe he had thought his he had given enough time for somebody to come talk to him. Whatever uh, he asked at some point about, like you, you know, now you're not talking because the video that they posted cuts in part way through it and. Does. That is never a good thing uh, to post, you know. Uh, it's it's when she realized she was going to get a sound clip, yeah. Correct. When when she realized that what she was participating in was going to be something that she could maybe go viral for, she started filming. She sure did. And maybe but she not, filmed more. Not for the reasons I think the, she wanted to but go cut viral. off the beginning part. It's so gross. It's and so gross. the way that you attack an individual that has done what Giovanni Bernard has done in the Locked NFL. Up. We we've all we all know that when Gio got here, see that and that's the other thing that she screwed up on is a you know from what I can understand Buccaneers fans have all grown to love Gio. Bengals fans all still love Gio. So you ain't going to attack him the way that and treat him the way that you treated him in the locker room and not get the blowback that she's getting. And it is incredible because it's coming from everywhere. And she thought she was going to get a posted video and it was going to be awesome. And people are going to be like, yeah, he's running away. No, no, he's not. Sorry. You are acting like a petulant child and it's ridiculous and you need to stop. Isn't this very similar to the guy that showed up from Louisville at the Satterfield press conference and was trying to... I did a Google search to see if they were related. Everybody is trying to hit this, like, I love you, Ed. I really do. I I give you shit, but just know I love you. Everybody's trying to hit this, like, 30-second clip that makes them go viral. Like, that's that's the thing now. Right? Like, that's that's what we have become as a... um, Viral community. No, a content-consuming community. Social media culture. That like this is what we consume. We consume thirty minute, thirty second clips of like 
Oh, that was hilarious. Ooh, I don't know about that. Ooh, that was hilarious. Ooh, I don't know about that. Like, I didn't go through, like, seven things I saw on TikTok today that were, like, designed for that. Like, that is, like, the the path to going viral. It is. And that's exactly what she was doing. She was trying to get him to, like, say something that gave her 30 seconds of fame. And instead, she still went ahead and posted it, and she's getting blasted for it. And she's like, "Note, uh, you know, she goes through it. Jeff. Here, here's the interaction. She's as reporters, it's our job to seek clarity on what happened, especially in the most pivotal part of the game. If that's the case, then what you do is you write up, ask Giovanni Bernard about the 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 fake punt, not punt, whatever." He stated there was a miscommunication. Well, it was all on him. It was his fault. He took ownership of the moment. And you report that. You don't put a video up trying to make him look bad. And in fact, you're making yourself look like an idiot. So what we learned three years ago when Joel DeBlanco ran the fake punt against DCU that caused all that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are certain, in, in punt coverage, there are certain things that are like triggers. If we see this, then the automatic trigger is that. And I think Geo just missed like the trigger. automatic trigger. Like there was something the Bengals showed that Tampa automatically, like the center is trained. If I see this certain thing, then I snap the ball to Geo and Geo runs it for a first down. Geo obviously wasn't set at that point, and the snap was up around his, like the t- his temple. Yeah. So he didn't have his hands up, and the ball went where it like, if you'd have snapped it at his chest, he would have got his hands up, caught it, and like figured it out. It went to no man's land. Right. So like, I think there was definitely a trigger that happened from what the Bengals were doing. That the Bucks special teams recognized and like tried to run the fake. If he would have caught it and took off, he had a first down. It was easy, but I just don't think he saw it. I, I think, in your defense, Chad, uh, what the Louisville guy had did and what she did are perfect examples of why you guys can't ask the questions that we have on Twitter in pref- in press conferences. Like, well, that's, I mean, that's me mocking people that are like, ask my question, ask him the but question. It's, but it's why, it's the, it's the exact yeah. reason why we can't ask those questions. Like, us as fans would love to ask that, those questions, but you, you can't do it. But you, you, also, it. you also want to build relationships with the players exactly. so you can ask them hard questions on different different terms. Like, when you're writing something good or when, or, like. Yeah, like, you have a good, like, you have a good story to write or a right. good question to ask. And if to continually, that, like you're not going to get be able to go back and do the good story that you had. No, Geo's never talking to that reporter again. Like, 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 to continually also be like, "Well, you've been injured all year. What have you done all year? We would have talked to you if you'd done something, but you've been injured." Like, did she hound? Did she hound Tom Brady on the four uh, interceptions? Asked Brady in the in the thing in his press conference. Like about the the four turnovers, so they did do that. All right then, she didn't record but that. It's, but that no, also I don't room. it's a press conference. Tom yeah. Brady is a press conference. 
conference, right? Yeah. He's at the table with the microphone. Gio Bernard gets open locker room where they they ambushed him, essentially. Yeah, and, and surround him. And, like, if you watch the clip, the best part is the sound guy in the back. He's like, hmm, this is not, yeah, this is not what we need to be doing. So it was... <laughs> <laughs> I did ask John Cunningham about the North actually, Carolina You asked thing. him that on the I podcast. did ask him that when we had him on. Last on week? The, yeah, last week. I it asked him that question, conversation. Thrifty Walrus. So, so not so much for, of a gross travesty now, is it, Thrifty? For those listening, Thrifty Walrus said it's a gross travesty. The Bearcat Journal hasn't asked John Cunningham if he's attracted to the North Carolinian accent. We must ask the hard-hitting questions. I did <laughs> I, I think Chad's him. exact words are, do you realize you have something, you have a thing for North Carolina? You have a thing for guys from North Carolina. Carolina I, yeah, yeah I, I asked him that. I did. On that note, though, we're going to wrap it up. That was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. They say I don't ask the hard-hitting questions. For, <laughs> for my co-hosts, Ed Mayhall and Jeff Howell, and for oh. Chad popping in, this was Pardon the Punctuation. We'll see you next week, 9-15. See ya! Bye. Ba-da-ba! Beep, beep, beep.